Are you ready for this, Jada? Not really. <laughs> well, so this all began on November 3rd, 1998. So, you know, we weren't even born then. So that's just, you know, great. We weren't even alive at this point in time. Um, so Maddie Ray Clifton, she was only eight years old at the time. So, oh my gosh, yeah, that's a, a little baby. A little forewarning there. This is about the murder of a child. And, you know, these are awful to even fathom could happen. But, you know, this is a story that needs to be told because it's it's, it's really nerve-wracking, you know? So, she got home from school to her home on Fleetwood Road of Jacksonville, Florida. So, she was having, you know, totally normal day. It was, it was a nice fall day out. She got home and she sat down at the piano and started her piano practice, which she did every day. Um, so after about 20 minutes of practice, she asked her mom if she could go outside and play with her friend at the end of the street named Larry Grisham. He lived at the, I think it was the little cul-de-sac at the end, I believe. It was like at the very end of the street from them. And she loves playing with her friend Larry. So they... She went to go play with him, you know? They were going to chip golf balls. Which, don't ask me what that is, because I have absolutely no clue what that is. Chipping golf balls means just, like, hitting them. Just, like... I'm not very... Hitting them. <laughs> I'm not athletically inclined, so... <laughs> you know. When, um, you, when somebody says you're going to chip a golf ball, you're just going to go hit it, like, yeah. with a... Not with, like, a driver, but with something else. She's a lot more into sports than I am, you know. You know it. So, you know, Maddie was one of those, you know, those kids that are just, like, can be a really good mix of, like, a tomboy and a girly girl, you know. She was, like, super tomboyish, and she was really tough. They even described her later as tough as nails. So, she, but she could also be super girly. You know, she could be a, she loved to dance, she loved to play piano, you know, all the, all the things. So she was like a really good mix. You know, that's like yeah. those children. And it's just so, yeah. it's so cute. It's so adorable. <laughs> um, so after a little while, Maddie went inside to her mother and she asked for some more golf balls because they lost all of them. You know, so, you know that's what happens when you chip golf balls. Great. But that would be the last time that Sheila Clifton would ever see her daughter again. Uh, that's not good. So this went dark fast. Uh, very quickly. Thank yeah. you for that. So, by about 6.20 p.m., Maddie had disappeared. Of oh. course, they didn't know that yet. Her oh. mother, Sheila Clifton, went outside and called the girls in, Maddie and her older sister, Jessica, who was 11 years old at the time, in for dinner. You know how, like, normally now that does not sound normal because, you know, we're lazy, so we're already home. We don't go out and play and then get called in. Like, that was, like, a big 1990s thing, you well, know? I remember even when I was younger, like, we would be over at the neighbor's house playing, like, literally all night, and my parents would be like, come on, it's time to come inside. Like, yeah, I didn't cold. have that, because none of my neighbors are kids. So, you know... <laughs> all of my neighbors are kids. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I used to go and play with her neighbor kids. Um, so, at the time, Jessica came in immediately, but Maddie wasn't there. So, you know, in fact, Jessica hadn't seen Maddie in a little while. So, Sheila, you know, you know, it's kind of normal. You know, sometimes the kid doesn't come in right away. So, Sheila's like, okay, maybe she didn't hear me. Um, I'm just going to go out and see if I can find her. Maybe she, you know, maybe she's just too far away at the point. She can't hear me. 
Maybe they lost a golf ball, went to find it. You know, the normal stuff. That's totally normal, right? Right. So Sheila goes out to look for her. She asked the neighbors, um, went around calling her name, but couldn't find her. So by this time, Sheila's freaking out because she can't find her daughter anywhere. She's not with Larry. She's not with anybody else. She's asked all the neighbors, knocked on all their doors. She can't find them. So, you know, it's getting to a little point in time where it's like, okay, something's off, you know? It even said that after this all happened, she stood in front of her front lawn and started screaming Maddie's name. So if she hadn't, I I was thinking, when I was doing the research on this, I was thinking to myself, you know, if she had just started screaming Maddie's name and not asked the neighbors, the neighbors probably would have thought she was pretty crazy. Well, you know. At first, um, so after a while, the neighbors are figuring out, finally found out that Sheila can't find Maddie. So all the neighbors go out looking and helping Sheila to find Maddie so she can go home. But they can't find her. So, oh, that's always encouraging. It is. So now her father, Steve Clifton, who's a supervisor at a metal shop, says, quote, It was like she shut the door and poof, she vanished off the face of the earth. Unquote. That is a chilling quote. It is. Um, I mean, can you, just, can you imagine that? Like, it's a totally normal day and you go outside to try and find your daughter because it's dinner time and she's just not there. I don't want to. I don't want to like, imagine that. We can't imagine that at this point in time because we um, <laughs> are teenagers, so we can't exactly, you know, fathom that. But we can, we can imagine how it would be, you know, losing your child. Yeah, that would be like scary, very yeah. scary. So by six thirty three p.m., Sheila called nine one one and reported Maddie Clifton missing. Oh, great. So that night, every adult and family in and around the neighborhood went on a large search for Maddie. Jessica, yeah, Jessica, Maddie's older sister, even was riding her bike through the neighborhood screaming Maddie's name. Oh. I know. It's so sad. Like, you can just, I can just imagine, like, I saw a picture of Jessica. She has, like, she has, like, blonde hair. She's really small. She's so adorable. And you just imagine her riding her bike through the neighborhood just yelling for her sister. I'm looking up a picture. Yeah, it's just, it's so sad. Like, if you go and you Google search Maddie Clifton and family or something like that, and you see her family, they just look so innocent. Like, it doesn't look like anything. And we'll get into her a little bit later on. So, now there's this large search party. Um, But among this large search party, you better listen to this, Jaden. There was young Joshua Phillips, 14 years old. So, he was a really close neighbor to the Cliftons, and he played with Maddie a lot. Maddie loved playing with Josh. They were super good friends. They loved playing and hanging out together. So, with Josh in that group, they went searching for hours and hours all through the morning. So, remember, she went missing around, I think it was 6.20 p.m. They were searching from around that time all through the morning. Oh, my God. So that's a lot of searching, and they never, of course, they didn't find anything. So by the next morning, a detective decided to go door to door asking questions and looking for alibis. And of course, everyone had alibis, and they didn't have any good information, so they weren't a huge help in the case because none of them had seen Maddie, because Maddie had only gone and played with Larry Grisham. So now they have their main focus Larry. Larry Grisham. What a name. Yeah, who was the guy that Maddie was playing with that afternoon. And 
it freaked me out at first because when I was first like doing reading about this and everything, um, I thought, you know, Larry was probably like Maddie's age, innocent. He's kid, not. You know, yeah, no, she's not. Larry Grisham is a 45-year-old man who likes to play with children. What? Yeah. What? I started freaking out at that point. I was what? like, wait. I was so, I was like in shock when I. You're kidding me, right? No. Yeah. I, I thought I was reading oh. about the wrong Larry Grisham at the point. And then I'm like, wait, this is the story of Maddie. Who other Larry Grisham could be in here? He is 45 years old. I thought Larry sounded like a weird child's he name. He's a middle-aged man who's playing with an eight-year-old. Well, I mean, like... Chipping golf balls. I mean, like, maybe... I mean, if it were, like, a family member, I like, I know. used to play... I used to play baseball with my uncle and stuff like that. Uh-huh. If it's, like, a family member, but this is just the neighbor down the street. That's weird. Like, I don't... My parents would never allow that to happen. That's... Especially that's, at such a young that's age. That's freaky. Yeah. So, he... Our Larry Grisham had a history of 29 arrests to his name. Oh! But these arrests were for, like, auto theft and DUIs, but there mm. were two counts of sexual battery. Oh! Five years apart, but were both dropped. Cool. And it doesn't actually say if they were against a child or not, but, you know, still, two counts no. of sexual battery, you know. No, that's not okay. Not great. Sorry not if you okay. can hear my sniffling, like, allergies. <laughs> So, um, yeah, but Larry was the last person to see her, supposedly, so they were like, okay, what happened, Larry? What, when did you last see her? What were you doing? You know, the normal stuff that they would question her, him. (laughs) So, he said that around 5.15 p.m., there was, like, a little small strip of land between Larry and his neighbor's house. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know how, like, some houses, like, our house right over here has that little strip of land. Um, so they were using it, it was five doors down from Maddie's house, and they were using the strip of land to chip golf balls, which is what Maddie had said they were doing. Okay. So they were out in the open, people could see them, and apparently Maddie went to get more golf balls, like, said she went and saw her mom and got, asked for more golf balls because they lost all of them. Right. But Larry said she never returned. Okay. So he said, from what I figured, her parents wanted her to stay home because it was getting late and dinner was ready. That's all. Okay. So, that's all they ever got from Larry. He had the same story. So, they, after searching Larry's house nine times, because they had to be sure, you know, that Maddie wasn't in there, because they legit thought he did it. He was the last person to play with him, to play with her, you know? Yeah. It, 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 they were like, it has to be this guy. Right. They questioned him 20 times. Oh, my gosh. He had a strong alibi. He even um, volunteered DNA samples, the whole ordeal. You know, he was completely ahead to finding who took Maddie. So he's clearly not our guy. So finally they were like, okay, he's not our guy, so they cut him loose. Now, Steve and Sheila, which were Maddie's parents, were sitting at home, terrified, Uh which is... Well, yeah. Yeah, because they don't know if their kid's dead or alive. And they were like, okay, this guy was playing with our kid, he was five doors down, he had to have done it. So they were they were also dead set on it being Larry because he was the one who was playing with her. Yeah. You know, like everybody had to have thought it was Larry. He was the last one to see her. Poor you know? Larry. But, you know, we see now that Larry didn't do it. So he was off the hook for everything. Poor Larry. T- totally normal, which was a good idea because he wasn't the one to kill her. I can tell you that for sure. So after this, they stationed a police officer outside the Clifton home because they were worried about Jessica. Because, you know, they didn't know I if they... Know kidnapper wanted jessica too or 
Um, maybe Jessica was the real target. Who knows? You know, you don't know. You have to be safe and sorry. Yeah. Because Jessica was her sister, you know? Right. And they weren't that far apart in age. Yeah. They, I mean, Jess, they were only, like, what, three, three years, years apart? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they were nervous that someone was going to come back for Jessica. So while all this is happening, the neighborhood is still searching the areas, the woods, swamps, everything. Everything around oh. within, like, I think it was, like, a... 10 to 20 mile radius oh. from the neighborhood they were checking because they, 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 she could have run off or right. got lost, you know, whatever. Um, so they even did a house-by-house house search with cadaver dogs. Now, you have to know that that's serious if they were using cadaver dogs. Yeah. And the U.S. Army Reserve even came in to go through manholes and all that in the woods to make sure that she wasn't put in, like, a manhole. Yeah, exactly. You, if you could see the look on Jaden's face right now. <laughs> By the way, we know, don't get mad at us if we're, like, laughing. This is, like, a serious matter. But, you know, some of the things I say tend to make people <laughs> laugh. So, but, like, I, I was, like, starstruck when I heard that there were, like, the U.S. Army Reserve and the cadaver. Like, this That's is just, crazy. A, this is, like, nothing to mess around about. Like, this was, like, I, legit. I mean, she is eight years old and she's just gone. Poof. Yeah. Gone. Now, if this was a teenager, things would be a lot different. Because yeah. you know teenagers run off a lot. Yeah. Um, they even posted missing signs everywhere. They were handing them out on the streets. Like, I, I saw a lot of pictures when I was doing research of people handing out the missing flyers. Um, the sad yeah. looks on their face, just handing them That's out on the horrible. streets. Um, even, this was something I thought you would like. Um, people were wearing yellow ribbons for Maddie, first oh. of all. They were all tying up them all over the street, everything. Um... So on Sunday of that week, even the Jaguars were wearing yellow ribbons for Maddie. Oh, that's so sweet. Now, if you know Jaden, she loves football. I love football you too, but not as much as Jaden does. <laughs> so, um, I thought this was definitely something Jaden would like because she the Jag I mean the that's Jaguars. The best. I know. That's it's just the best. it's amazing. That is like I don't even know what word I know, <laughs> yeah. say there. So this is a point when the Cliftons are about to go to the press. So they go on TV and they're literally... And if, if you... I couldn't find this, like, TV report. But if you could watch this, I can just imagine how scary this could have been. They were literally begging that whoever took Maddie, please don't hurt her <laughs> and please return her safely. Oh my god. They even offered a $50,000 reward for any info regarding her whereabouts. Oh, my. And they were even possibly going to double it if needed. Oh, my goodness. They were that, you know, they That's were terrified. Fever, yeah. They were begging and begging. Um, they even addressed her directly on screen and said, oh. quote, Maddie, if you're out there and can hear us, we are ready for you to come home. Please come home. Oh. And you could, and her mother was sobbing. I can sobbing imagine. as this was happening. It's so terrible. They even um they put out t-shirts with her face on them and billboards with her face on them all through Jacksonville. So I mean so this is just so This is so depressing. Like it makes it extra depressing because it was a child. Yeah. You yeah. know, like on the Lululemon murder, this was like, you know, it's depressing, but it's not as bad when it's a child. I know it's, it an may sound bad, child. but it's a child. It's an innocent little girl who's only been alive eight years. Oh, that's so. That's half of my age. Exactly. Yeah, she's sixteen, so you know it's, it's 
awful. Goodness That's gracious. Horrible. So, seven days has gone by since Maddie went missing. The Cliftons went on to Good Morning America, and they were pleading for her kidnapper to bring her back safely. And I'm really, I'm trying to find if they put the clip from Good Morning America of the Cliftons. I want to keep going and looking for it because I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. So I want to keep going and looking for it. That would be interesting um, to see. So, it gets worse. Ugh. After they, As they were wrapping up this segment on Good Morning America, Maddie was found. Oh my god. Melissa Phillips, who was the mother of Joshua Phillips, we, they called her Missy. Missy Phillips was getting ready for work and had just sent Josh to school on the school bus. Um, it was just after 7 a.m. and she was saying that she had been telling Josh to clean his room for a while now. It was disgusting. She had a few hours before she had to go to work, so she said that she was going to start throwing all his crap out. Because not only is it a mess, but it smelled awful. Oh. So she said, I quote, I'd been nagging him about his room because it was in deplorable condition. So I had a garbage bag and I was going to start putting in what I knew was trash. He had three birds that he kept in his room. Unquote. So, you know. Did you say birds? Yes. Three birds. Okay. Um, I think he said he had a parakeet and two cockatoos. Okay. Something like that. Um. So, you know that if you don't clean the bird cages, it can start to smell? Yeah, smell you know, nasty. Kind of pretty much like with any animal, animal. cage. It, if you don't clean it after a while, it starts to smell. But the mother said that she said it smelled much, much worse. Ugh. So, it could have been the birds. And, you know, he was 14. He could have had some rotting food in his room. You know, when, Noah, when my brother was 14, he had rotting food and weird drinks in his room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... She said that while she was clean, she said that something, she went to clean it up. So she said that while she was cleaning, she noticed a damp spot on the floor in the corner of Josh's bed, which he had a water bed. Okay. That makes sense. And you know, you know how popular water beds were in that time? In the 90s, yes. My mom, I think it was my mom who said she had a water bed when she was little. <laughs> I and think like, my dad had one too. I remember always wanting a water bed, but you know, my mom was like, heck no, because what? I would die do you remember in jesse when um luke had a waterbed oh yeah that's funny but yeah like i always wanted a waterbed but now that i was looking this i'm like i don't want a waterbed <laughs> now um so she immediately was like oh crap the waterbed's leaking i better get this fixed because you know waterbeds leak all the time right they get leaks all the time so she said quote i thought that maybe it was mildew or mold maybe that's what this odor is unquote so, she said she touched the corner of the mattress, and it was absolutely soaked. So, she looked in a little bit more so she could see better where the leak was, because it cost a lot to fix. Mm-hmm. She noticed that there was black electrical tape holding a part of it together, so she was really confused. She said she also noticed a sock in the bed, so she was like, okay, how in the crap did it get a sock stuck in there? Because, you know, it can be kind of, it's like, it has to be kind of difficult to get a sock stuck in the waterbed. Yeah. Um... So she's really confused about the tape because Josh has never taped his bed together before. So she went and peeled the tape. So she thought maybe he just didn't want to get in trouble by it, you know? Yeah. He didn't want to get in trouble for leaking it. Oh, no. Did he drown her in the waterbed? I'm... No. Oh. I gotta tell you no because that's not what happened, okay? Okay. Um, she opened the corner panel because there was a small space between the mattress and the box spring. Okay. But it was pitch black. She couldn't see a thing. So she went to get a flashlight. She got the flashlight, went back in the room, and lifted the mattress and said she saw something absolutely horrific inside. 
So she freaks out and calls her husband Steve, and he doesn't answer. Wait, both of the dads are named Steve? Yeah, I know. That's a little weird. It's but, a popular you know, name. I thought about that too. 90s. I was like, wait. I was, I was like, wait a second. Steve, Steve. What? I, did I mix them up? What? But anyway, um, she called her husband Steve. He didn't answer, so she left a voicemail. And the voicemail said, quote, please call home, please. It's an emergency, unquote. So she knew she needed to get someone. So instead of calling 911, she knew that there were hundreds of police cars outside surrounding yeah. the houses. So she runs outside, and this is like at 7.30 a.m. Okay. She runs outside to the nearest police officer. Officer Donald F. Tutton worked for the Jacksonville Police Department. He was on surveillance. He said he saw this woman running toward him, and he can see that she looks terrified, crying, totally distraught. By this point, she is completely hysterical, and when the policeman asks her what's going on, she can't even get the words out she needs to. You know, when you're, like, crying so hard you can barely talk? Mm-hmm. That's basically what she was like. I know I experienced that quite a bit, so, you know. <laughs> so, finally, she tells him there is something horrific in her home and that he needs to come see it. So, you know, at this point, you know, he, the policeman doesn't know what's in her room yet, so she's like, he's like confused he's like oh my goodness i don't want to go in there and she's gonna kill me what in the world he's he's scared you know he doesn't understand what's going on yeah so he's like all right what did you find so missy just says quote i can't say just please 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 come inside unquote so smartly he radioed for two other detectives to come because you know he had to be better safe than sorry yeah just in case and the three detectives followed her into the house and she led them to josh's bedroom but she said that she couldn't go in. So she says, it said, she said, quote, I just pointed them to where they needed to look. I couldn't go in, unquote. So Officer Sulis, I believe it's pronounced, who is one of the detectives, opens the door and immediately smelled death and decay. Oh. He said, quote, the bottom cavity of the waterbed was left open and sticking out from the corner, we could clearly see two small feet clad in white socks, unquote. Oh. Oh my gosh. Like, just thought, walking in and immediately seeing that. I can't even, like, I can't even. Poor baby. Mm -hmm. Immediately, Missy Phillips starts sobbing and screaming, freaking out, which you know is totally normal because she just found the person they've been looking for for seven days in her son's room. Yeah. That's just awful. Oh, that had to smell horrible in there. Yeah, I can't even imagine. How could you even be in your room? I would just, like, pass know. out or throw up. Um, because this is all becoming so real to her. Yeah. So, she, they were asking her, Officer Tutton took her outside and had her explain how she found Maddie and what happened. So, she said, quote, as I lifted the corner of the mattress, I noticed a white sock and figured it was one of Josh's. So, I started to pull on it, but it wouldn't budge. I started to wonder how it got there in the first place and was puzzled as to why it would not pull free. About that time, I noticed black electrical tape holding the black frame of the pedestal together and surmised that must that the bed must have been leaking for some time, and apparently Josh had tried to hold it together with the tape so he wouldn't get in trouble. The tape freely pulled away from the pedestal, and the wood gave way just enough that I could at least see the sock better. I grabbed it and this time felt something else, so I went to another room and retrieved the flashlight. As I pulled the pedestal slightly away, the sock fell down, and I felt something cold. At the same time, the beam of the flashlight showed me something I could never have been prepared to see. It could not be what I thought it was, yet somehow I knew exactly what I had found. The missing little girl from across the street. Unquote. I mean, can you imagine how distraught and terrified this mother... Like, she just went in there to clean her son's room. 
She only went in there to clean her son's room because he was a mess. And it smelled so bad. And she finds the missing little girl. Oh my gosh. Mm, I can't. That's not okay. Like That's oh, not okay. This is awful. Like, you can imagine how how awful. Why are you doing this to me? She's feeling. So, but she's also, you know, terrified because she has to turn into her own son. Yeah. Like, this is not like she's just turning into a random person or another person that she knew. She's turning in her own child. Yeah. For the murder of another child. Oh. And let's remember how old Josh is. He's 14. He's not even near old enough. You know, he's 14 years old. He's my age. That's scary. Please don't murder me. Okay, you know what? <laughs> they did not need to include a Jaden. <laughs> so, this is when the officer, Tutton, is like, okay, where's Josh? And she goes, he's on the school bus headed to school. And another thing, um, another thing there, she says that she remembers looking at the Clifton's house as she was running to the patrol car and thinking, right now they still have hope, but in a few minutes they'll know the truth. Oh. I mean, uh, like, just imagine, just imagining, like, the Clifton's are sitting at home scared, but they still have a little hope that Maddie's okay. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um... Missy's running to the car telling her that she just found their dead bot dead baby. Oh. Why'd you say it like that? Oh. I know, it's awful. So by this point, Josh's father had gotten the voicemail that Missy left him. So he's rushing home because she had said it was an emergency. She's like, okay, something has to be wrong. Yeah. Like, she wouldn't just say it was an emergency if it right. wasn't. So he gets to the neighborhood and already there's a bunch of police cars and they wouldn't let him inside his house. So, you know, he was confused. Like, why won't they let me in my own house? Yeah. What, what's going on? Um, but at the same So, like I said, at the same time that all this was happening, the officers are knocking on the Clifton's front door. And Steve and Sheila Clifton, they later said that after they opened the door, they knew immediately that something was wrong. Okay. Because, you know, they saw the look on the officer's face. They even yeah. looked behind the officers, saw all those cars. Body language. Parked down the street, all that. They were like, okay, something's off. Yeah. I, I don't want like, what like is going on? Like, they knew it was going to be bad news. They're like, what, what's going on? Okay. So, they all sat down on the couch, and the officers told them that they found Maddie. Okay. The father's first question was, where did you find her? Ugh. And... The officers just simply said, across the street. Oh my. They spent seven days looking for her. Neighborhoods, woods, swamp, streets. She was across the street. That's, that's chilling. It is. It's awful. So, now we're going to learn a little bit about um, Joshua Phillips. Okay. Because he is now a part of this since they found the body in his room. Oh. As you, you know, couldn't tell, you know. Right, right. So Joshua's name is Joshua Earl Patrick Phillips. What a name. (laughs) Yeah, um, I just, I don't even know where to be, like, (laughs) his his name is just so weird. His, His name is just like, Joshua Earl Patrick. Yeah. 
they call when his parents go over and they call him by his name joshua earl patrick phillips <laughs> that's just a mouthful you are in big trouble mister just a mouthful. It no, really is. Fan. It's such a I I can't get over how like it's just a weird name to me. Why would you name your kid like, Joshua Earl Patrick Phillips? I didn't fully understand the meaning of like middle names, but just knowing that he has two middle names <laughs> and they're both like first names, you know? Yeah. Like what in the world? So Joshua Earl Patrick Phillips was born on March seventeenth, nineteen eighty four, and he was fourteen years old. So he was my age. Please don't murder me. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> he was an only child of Steve and Missy. He had two half-brothers. Okay. But they didn't live there, and he didn't grow up with them, so they just kind of existed. You know, they were just born. Yeah, they were nothing to do with him. They, you know, he was too happy for them. They were just floating in the air. <laughs> yep. Just existed. Just Had there. no reason on this earth. Just thought they had mentioned he had brothers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I guess so, exactly. Um, Josh was a pretty happy baby. You know, he was always happy. He was a really normal baby. Everything, there was nothing wrong with him, you know? He just um, popped out happy. Yeah. <laughs> he was always smiling as a baby and as a child, too. Okay. Um, his parents even referred to him as a pleasure. Okay, what the heck happened? I don't understand. I don't... I. At first, I was like, okay, if he was such a good baby, what the heck happened? But, you know, right. we're about to find out right. what happened. Their family did move several times over the years, but, you know, Josh was always happy and nice. He didn't okay. have trouble making friends. He was, like, a super sweet boy, you know? Okay. Makes me scared for Tristan. <laughs> Tristan's a little boy we hang out with a lot because he's, like, a little baby brother to us. Oh, our little six-year-old. Uh-huh. He was also... Josh was also a really curious child. Okay. Like, he always wanted to know everything like he was always just curious about everything like why is the sky blue you know all that stuff um where did wood come from (laughs) what what well i don't know i looked at the wood floor and i saw the wood and i was like okay maybe he's wondering where wood came from it obviously came from an elephant (laughs) (laughs) there is something seriously wrong with you i know well, obviously there's something wrong with <laughs> me if I'm telling the story, from? so. Where did wood come from? So, yeah, but, you know, he loved animals, too. Okay. He was always super, like, he had three birds in his room. Okay, wait, always... before, <laughs> I forgot about this. So when you said he had a parrot earlier the other day, I saw, I saw something that said, the first guy that heard a parrot talk was probably not okay for several days. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry for her laugh. Her laugh that. is probably piercing your ears at this point, but I'm sorry. So okay, but I don't know. What anyway, think of that. He loved animals. He loved going to museums. He also really loved science. Science was his favorite subject. He always loved doing the science experiments and learning in science and everything. It was just something he always loved. Okay. Uh, he was also a member of the Cub Scouts. He even went all the way to Wolf Cub, which, you know, don't ask me. I have no clue what that means. Nope. But by the fact that it says Wolf Cub, it has to be pretty, like, high and standard because a wolf cub, you know. I have have no idea. I'm not even going to question it, you know. I'm about to look it up, though. (laughs) She likes to look everything up. (laughs) His parents loved him, but his dad was also, like, a really big dude. He was, like, you know one of those, you know, like, your friend's parent 
and sometimes their dad just scares the crap out of you because he's just so, like, he looks so scary, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, you know, that's what happened because Josh's dad was just a big scary dude. All right. Yeah. But he... I looked up what a wolf cub was. (laughs) It's, It's a scout group aimed at children 11 to 8 years old. So when he was a wolf cub, he was 8 to 11 years old. Very specific, Jaden. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw it out there. So back to Josh's dad. Josh's <laughs> dad, like I said, he was a big dude. But he also had a temper. Okay. Like a real temper. Okay. Which was fueled by alcohol. Okay. So, you know, totally normal, right? You yeah. Know, every dad has temper yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah. But he was also a really strict guy. He was, like, one of those really strict dads, you know? Yeah. Like, do this, do that, you know? Right. Don't do this. Yeah. But do this. So Josh was kind of scared of his dad, and he didn't want to do things that would anger his dad because he didn't want his dad to, like, go off the edge or get overly angry, you know, and Mm -hmm. something bad might happen. So that's also really important later in the story. So Josh was also one of those, like, really tall and skinny dudes like, you know those scary skinny dudes? Yeah. Like, they're so tall and like a stick. And it freaks me out. That scares me. I don't like that. <laughs> like, I can't handle... I'm sorry. I can't handle those people that are like tall sticks. It freaks me out. <laughs> sorry. So, he also had brown curly hair. Which, you know, that's like... I'm sorry. But that's like cute. Brown yeah. curly hair. And he also had a baby face. And you know, like... I looked, I saw a picture of Josh, and you look at a picture of him, and you're just like, how could this dude have hurt anyone? Like, he has that baby face that looks so innocent, so sweet, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's adorable. It's adorable. He, um, now that he, he's 14 now, he has, he's a normal, happy kid. Okay. He was never a loner. He always loved hanging out with people. Um, he was a really funny kid. Mm-hmm. He was like the class clown. He always liked to make people laugh, and, you know, everybody loved him. He was such a sweet little kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He attended A. Philip Randolph Academy of Technology. So, you know, just the name makes it sound like it's a really smart school. <laughs> but this kid has C average. So it's like, he didn't do very well, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jaden just barely gets a C average. Um, My GPA is like a point. Six or seven, thank you very much. You're like much. halfway through school. Who knows how far it's going to drop. <laughs> um, so, there was nothing about this kid having issues, right? Right. Like, he's such a sweet kid. Right. Nothing could ever have caused this. Uh-huh. Except for one thing. One little thing. Oh, no. Not so little, though. Not so little, though. So, this kid was all the things we just mentioned. Yes. Totally sweet kid. But he had, I guess you could say, like, a dark side. Okay. You know? How, like, some people some people have dark sides. It's like, but it's not as bad as this kid's dark side. Oh, no. But this is, like, a dark side that he, like, none of his family, none of his friends knew he had this. Because he was super good at keeping it under wraps. Okay. But, you know, of course this dark side came out really a lot later. Later on, it came yes. out. yes. Um, he had gotten in trouble with Maddie's parents before, Steve and Sheila. Uh-huh. The parents didn't really take a super liking to him. In fact, they even forbid him from entering their house at one point. Yes. Because, and get this, 
They came home one day, saw him yeah. in Jessica's room, uninvited. Jessica uh-huh. wasn't there. Nobody else was at home. Okay. So he's sitting in Jessica's room, and he stole a photo out of a frame of Jessica in a gymnastics leotard doing oh. a backbend. Oh. And now me and Jessica... Sorry, me and Jaden... Sorry, I'm just thinking about Je- <laughs> me and okay, Jessica. Getting mixed up here. Me and Jaden were both in gymnastics as kids. Yeah. So we both know how weird that would look because, right. you know, it, like how weird could that look, honestly? Yeah. Um, so this was discussed a lot in trial, what happened that day. Um, he was also really obsessed with Jessica, which as we can, you know, already see by the fact he stole a photo of her. Right. But he was super obsessed with her and he started like discussing like bad things with the girls. Oh, cool. Like, really weird things that nice. were not supposed to be discussed with an 8-year-old and an 11-year-old. Uh, yeah. Sounds great to yeah. me. The grandmother of the girls found out about this and told Josh to stay away from her granddaughters. What a savage. And at this point, I was like, oh my goodness, why can I see my grandmother doing this? <laughs> because my grandmother is a legit savage. I can see her doing this. Good grandma. Yeah, I know. At th- So, at this point... Um, parents didn't want the girls playing with him because he was acting gross, disgusting, unbelievably horrific. Yeah. So, you know, just totally normal kid, eh? Yeah. Still totally normal. Nope. Seems legit. Lies. So as time went by, they, the parents started to loosen up toward him. They weren't like super ecstatic about him playing with their girls, but they let him. Yeah. After a while, because they just start to loosen up to him. Yeah. It's been a while, you know. Even his parents, even Josh's parents didn't want him playing with Maddie. And that has to say something, you know? Yeah. So, even though they they also even looked at his computer later on, and they found, like, a lot of bad things on his computer. Oh. Like, things I can't even discuss, because it's just... Cool. It's awful, you know? Love that. So... We can, yeah, we definitely see from that, he had a real dark side. Yeah. He had a real issue. But, you know, the f- the funny thing about this is, it's not really funny, but, you know, this dark side of him, mm-hmm. he never, it never leaked. Never once, not even a little bit, did you see this dark side out of him as he was growing up. Hmm. Never once. He was really good at keeping it under wraps. No one ever knew about this. Hmm. Which is really interesting to learn because, it, I mean, he... He was 14. Yeah. You know? So, he also allegedly, and I'm going to say allegedly because they never pinned this on him, but they were, like, pretty sure it was him. Okay. Um, they allegedly, he also allegedly broke into the Clifton's home at times to steal pictures, and they even found holes, like, little holes, like, peep yeah. holes in Jessica's wall covered by posters near, like, manholes. Oh, love that. Like, you know, in the walls so he could nope. see Jessica in her room, which isn't nope. great. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I can't, I can't, nope. I can't, oh, I can't uh-uh. imagine that. I'm sorry. Uh, nope. But, you know, they could, in court, they couldn't pin this on him because there was no evidence of him actually being there. But he was obsessed with Jessica. He had every reason to be there, you know? Yeah. Like, they couldn't find anything to pin it on him, but they knew it was him. Yeah. Um,. And that photo of Jessica and the leotard, mm-hmm. after that photo went missing, when they searched his room later on, they found it taped to the headboard. And it never said where it was taped, 
but it had to have been somewhere out of sight from just walking in. Yeah. So it could have been, like, lower on the headboard, behind anywhere on the headboard, but, you know. So next we're going to learn about kind of what the police found, just to get a little heads up on what was in this room at the point. Oh, no. Um, that was found, that was, like, important later on. Okay. So, Josh had first had a ton of air fresheners because he was trying to cover the smell. So, it said he had a can of Febreze, he had odor eater, two Glade plugins. Okay. Um, all, plus, like, I think he had, like, a lot more air fresheners in there, um, just to cover up the smell. Yikes. A lot of incense. Um, they also found a baseball bat behind the dresser. Oh. A Leatherman knife thrown behind the TV, several okay. rolls of tape, a pair of tennis shoes stained in Maddie's blood. Nice. And a flyer of the missing person hanging from a bookshelf. So they had this flyer hanging, he had this flyer hanging up in a room, in his room. That's not okay. It's really not. No. This, this dude was crazy. Not okay. He had, he also had a card game and it was named... Magic the Gathering on his bookshelf, which is really, like, nerve-wracking because I know a lot of kids in the 90s had that game, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a big thing then. And if you don't know what it's about, go look it up because it's, like, it's a really, it's an interesting game. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they even found a piece of carpet. Like, not found it, but they cut it out of his floor. Mm-hmm. There was a piece of carpet that had blood on it. And that photo of Jessica in her gymnastics uniform. A pillowcase from his bed, which I guess there was some form of evidence on. Interesting. He never said what evidence was on it. Interesting. And the, and the clothes they believed he was wearing at the time. They took a hairbrush and a pair of panties and bagged them for DNA. Okay. And the ceiling fan on the ceiling mm-hmm. had a spray of blood, which later proved to be Maddie's. Uh-uh. No. And here's the weird thing about it. This spray of blood, this ceiling fan, was eight feet in the air. No, no. No, no. Mm-mm. Which they'll figure out later on why it was why it was on the ceiling fan. So after seeing the blood on the carpet, the blood on the ceiling fan, they came obviously to the conclusion that his room was the original crime scene. Yeah. This is where it all happened because the blood spatter couldn't have just gotten there. Right. If he killed her somewhere else. Yeah. So... After all of this, an officer, William Taylor, picked Josh up from school on the day Maddie's body was found, like an hour or two afterward. Uh-huh. They took him directly to the police station and began questioning. They got right to the point, and they literally said, Hey, Josh, we found Maddie's body in your room. Tell us what happened. Hmm. Which is pretty straightforward. They, they got right to the point. Yep. His parents were with him at the time when he was questioned, which is kind of obvious, you know. He's a minor. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it actually turned out that his father, the one that's really scary and stuff, was the one first to convince him to tell the truth about what happened to Maddie. Because they just wanted to know the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Josh never made a lie. No, no, nothing like that. He made a full confession right off the bat. And that's where we're going to stop. Oh. Thank goodness. We're, there will be a part two um, about... Starting from his confession, the entire confession, the trial, the funeral, everything, in a part two. Okay. And that will be coming later. Yep. So, 
I don't even honestly know what to say after that. <laughs> I can't say hope you enjoyed that. Like, yeah, I don't no. I can't enjoy that. That's just no. awful. Um, but you can to- you can definitely see how messed up, like this world is. You know, right? How messed up it is. So I guess we'll see you for part two. Um, in our next episode. So yeah. be watching for episode three. Yeah. So we'll see you later.